This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 611, brought to you by Mac Weldon. Underwear, socks, shirts that are better than what you're wearing right now, unless you're wearing Mac Weldon. And if you are, of course, you know. So go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners like you. Fuck, 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 fuck.
Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 611. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. And you're on drugs. I am on a pain reliever that I don't know the name of, but it starts with a K. And I find... You're going to hear. You'll, 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 you'll hear. What the point is you're a trooper because you had surgery... Mm-hmm. Uh, in the midst of the comic reading period, the very important and critical comic reading period of the week. and uh, Yes. <laughs> so here we are, and you're on drugs. The Wednesday to Thursday comic corridor. <laughs> uh, we are iFanboy. Every week we read a stack of our comics with varying ability to concentrate on those comics. One of us picks their favorite book, <laughs> and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, and maybe if we have some time we will read some listener mail. It will be mostly fun. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. There will be some spoilers. Uh, you know what that means. Uh, everyone listening knows what that means. Connor, thankfully, you had the pick of the week. I did. And uh, the pick of the week was the, the Defenders number seven. A couple of things before we get into the book itself. So this is the first issue from Marvel Legacy. Marvel Legacy is where they you know, go back to the, the original numbering, but for some reason not on the Defenders. A oh, book, that is weird. A book which has had several versions of it, of it over the years. I mean, Maybe they, went, they just couldn't they couldn't work it out. Maybe they're like, they went through all the nonsense tried. for Luke Cage. They gave Luke Cage Power Man mm-hmm. and Iron Fist numbers for some reason, even though it's not the same title. But Defenders, number seven. Also, the cover features the black-suited Daredevil, despite the fact that he has been back in the red suit for many, many issues now. You are such a nudge on that. <laughs> I didn't notice it until we were sitting here and I was looking uh-huh. at it. But it just, you know, I get it that covers are done way ahead of time. But, like, it's just funny that... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been back for a while. Anyway, uh, the Defenders comes on the heels of Brian Michael Bendis, of course. We talked about this last week, announcing he was moving to DC Comics. And I was reading this week. We had a couple of uh, books from Bendis. And this this is probably the one I'm going to miss the most when it ends, whenever it ends. The Defenders uh, featuring you know, the Defenders characters from the Netflix shows, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, drawn by Dave Marquez, who's so good. I just want to preface this, by the way. There was a, an explosion of wonderful art this week. And like this is the first book that we're going to talk about where I was like, oh, man, uh, there are going to be others. But, yeah, Marquez is just leaps and bounds uh, getting better all the well, time. Well, I mean, part of the, most of the reason – we're talking about Bendis leaving, but, I mean, most of the reason this is the pick is because of the David Marquez art in the Electra Iron Fist fight scene, which is, feels like half the book in the, in the best possible way. Yep, Electra and Iron Fist confront each other, and they say, "Have we ever actually fought?" And they just they decide they haven't. So then they have this extended, the, super awesome fight scene uh, that is just that is a master of fight choreography. I, I just it, I just I spent more time on, and it's mostly wordless. I spent more time on that sequence than I did on on, on whole issues this week. Yeah, I mean. That was the thing. I got to that because I was a no. I was I was so the the beginning of this book starts off with it's like a recap page, but it's funny because it's Deadpool sitting at Jessica Jones's desk doing the recap, and then you flip the page and he's still going, and then you flip the page and he's still going, and I was like, cute, totally annoying. But I just counted the pages, and it doesn't look like it it took up real pages. In the well, that book, was one so of I the jokes can't. in the in the thing itself was that this wasn't counting towards your page count. Yeah, I, I kind of skimmed through it. I was like, I get it, it's fine, but I I, I didn't care. I wanted to get to the book. And so, by like when I first started, I was like, "All right," I was in a bad place, and uh, I got to that that first page of the sixteen panel grid page, yeah, and I just went, "Damn, <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, wow!" And I really wanted to know 
I want to know like uh, how much of this was written or, or it was just like they fight and, and Marquez just got to say on it. He would yeah, have said know. we got this, but he, I, he's better than that. Yeah, he's, he's better than that. But it was, this is one of those fights where you can, you can f- hear the crunch you know, in the art. Um, there's no dialogue. There's no sound effects. But you know, there's, a, there's a couple of yeah. these panels where you can, just, you can feel the sound through the art. It's just, it's, when and you it have follows. Two, it's yeah, a story. It's, it's totally there's no. It's not random pictures. Uh, the other thing that I love, I love, I, and I just was looking at it, it starts off with a 16-panel grid. Next page is an eight-panel grid. Next page is a four-panel grid. Next page is two-panel, and then the last one's a full page yep. to end it. It's awesome. I, I've never seen that. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's not like rocket science, but you know, what a the, technique. The last time I remember that happening, and this is a long time ago, is uh, <laughs> when Doomsday came the first time to kill Superman, every oh. issue every issue had that page. So... It, Every issue had four panel grid and then a three panel grid and then two panels and then then single panels for the issue seventy five. So it was like a countdown. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, this. I mean, I just think first of all, we talk about this book a lot because this is one of our favorite Marvel books. But Bendis writes all these characters really, really well. But and the story is really interesting. This sort of gang war happening in New York and Hammerhead gets shot in the head and maybe killed and no one ever really dies. But you know, there's Black Cat stuff, and the Punisher showed up, and he's a problem. And now, for some reason, Deadpool series. The only thing I don't really like about this, but it's a terrifically drawn book, and it's a terrifically written book with with terrifically fun characters who play off each other well. And yep. that's it's like the hallmark of a Marvel comic. I was pretty surprised that they shot Hammerhead in the, in the head. Although I thought, good, he's in everything, and I'm tired of him. <laughs> like he's like a pointless mob character, kind of. Like I don't, I don't. He's not that interesting. So when he shows up, I'm like, oh, he's just he's just a foil who's there. Where at the same time, Diamondback, whatever he's doing right now is interesting. I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand the black cat thing that's been going on for a while at all. Yeah, I don't really like it. I don't like her as an evil crime boss. Um, and I and I remember like that came out of I can't, I can't remember the name of the story, but the Doctor Doom story, the you know like the last. Right, but the thing is, the, and the thing is, you know, she's a. She's basically a Catwoman ripoff, right? And so when they, when they did the same yeah. thing to Catwoman, remember when they made Catwoman a mob boss? We hated that too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know what? Just true. Some characters should just be what they are. And Black Cat's more interesting. But anyway, that part's less interesting. She's not in the issue at all. She's just a, a figure in the background. Yeah. It, this is really all about you know, Electra. Oh, I'm not even going to... Okay, I am. I'm, you know. Go ahead. Costume's not great for Electra, the new costume. Mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah. It's not uh, terrible. Yeah, I, it's not terrible, but it's not great. I really like the scene with the follow-up scene with her and Matt on the oh, you know, the roof. Yeah, I really liked that, and it's it's funny because we talk about Bendis uh, and his word vomit, but here, like he just he pulled right back. Ton, tons gave, of silent sequences, and I before yeah. that part though, when Iron Fist finally defeats Elektra and he's basically half dead and bleeding everywhere, <laughs> he looks up and sees Daredevil sort of casually watching from an alley. He's like, Jesus, you're not going to help? No, like I just I literally laughed. Out loud for that. Like, yeah. And then you're right. That that's, sequ- a, that's a very you line. No. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that sequence. So then they're interrogating Electra, which looks like they're on top of the um, Rockefeller Center building, actually. Mm-hmm. But doing it silently as ninjas do with just body language. And I thought that was so fun. Mm-hmm. And only, only Danny got it, whereas Luke and Jessica were really fucking annoyed by it. <laughs> it was, this is a great issue. This is a great series. Uh, I'm going to be legitimately bummed. I, don't, I assume... That Bendis is notorious for writing way ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah. know how far he's gone with scripts on this. You know, I, it's I, seven. I wouldn't be surprised if we make it to twelve. 
It could be for sure. Um, I hope we and get. He's not. He's not going to. I know. He's not going to screw over his uh, his artists. Right. You know, if if he's got an artist who's expecting to finish out an arc or something like that with him, I I I think that he's going to. I don't know. I feel like that would come into the. I would process. assume the arc is definitely going to be finished. Um, but I I just don't know how far much beyond, beyond that. You know. Um, I got I got I gotta say. This issue makes me really excited for him to go put some life into DC. Yeah. I'm really excited about that prospect because switching it up is going to re-energize him. You know, it's going to force Marvel to have to do something. And also, uh, they just announced a new editor-in-chief. Right. Uh, you, uh, you know, I, I could, I'm hoping for some change, some, some ruts that we're in that I don't want to be in anymore. It's not even stuff that was bad. It's just it's been the same thing for such a long time. Right. Yeah, no, I think I think the best possible thing that could have happened to comics was him switching over. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talked about that last week. If you want to hear about that discussion, listen to last week's show. Yep. That's where that is. Just just reiterating reiterating the point. Did yep. you hear that there? I slurred my words. Oh boy, we're only <laughs> ten minutes in. It's actually fading, so I should be fine by the end. Well, I mean, you can get some more, right? Oh, I got a whole bottle. They say I can take one to two at a time. I'm just taking one. I'm spacing them out. You're in New England, so you can get that stuff everywhere, right? Okay. There's a line, Connor. <laughs> Batman 35, almost a pick. I, and when I, I say I, almost, I, I mean it, it was the only uh, book that was even close. Like the Defenders was like the far and the way of the pick. But okay. after I read Batman, and it was the last thing I read, I was like, you know what? That was also terrific. But Tom King, Joel Jones, we're finish, we finish up the rules of engagement storyline in which Batman takes his fiance to meet his ex-girlfriend, uh, Talia al Ghul, and his baby mama. And they uh, they fight with swords. Did you okay? Point. This will be like what you did with Daredevil. Did you see that the alternate or the variant cover says celebrating 800 issues? Yes. And number and it says number 35. You can't have your damn cake and eat it too, DC. Yeah, we we yeah, we talked about that in the past too. Marvel Marvel did that uh, a couple of years ago when they hit a bunch of their numbers. And it's just like, yeah, I totally agree with you. And is this are they saying this is issue 800? I guess I can't. T- I don't know. Like. I, I assume so, but it would be wherever they left off before they renumbered it one, but didn't they renumber twice? Or I no? don't know, but I would say I generally like Tony Daniel. I don't love him, but I like huh? his art. Is there not, not really a super dynamic cover that celebrates 800 issues? Nope. Nope. So my my main point here, and I think it's a very important one, is that okay. uh, I've talked in the past, we were talking about Batgirl and, and artists who don't capture Dick Grayson and his proper masculinity, his sexuality. Yeah. Uh, this is how you draw a Dick Grayson. This is how you draw everybody. I mean, I mean you're right. And I had that same thought. I was because we have uh, we talked about other books before where you couldn't tell the difference between Damien and yeah, Dick. Yeah. And right here, like she, Joel Jones, just like that is perfect. Like Damien looks like a kid who is really mature. Mm-hmm. And Dick looks like a dude who's not that old, but is been through some shit but also those cheekbones and the hair and the icy blue eyes i mean come on yep and and you know uh again you could get into a lot of trouble with um talia versus catwoman here and i know that like one has long hair and one has short hair they have similar coloring but they have different faces yeah she has more of a middle eastern face um and we talked about i mean i would I, I realize because Batman is a bi-weekly book, they can't. They have their strategy seems to be you know one artist per arc, which is great because the artists have been have been really good. But 
If you told me this was going to be a monthly book and Joel Jones is going to be the monthly artist, I would be over the moon. She, I, I mean, also, while we're on it, like every time they showed Batman's face in the mask, I went, that is awesome. That really evokes like a, a, a pre-version of what Frank Miller would do, you know, in The Dark Knight Returns. Me, that, like <laughs> he's just looking a little grizzled yeah. and it, it's real. It's solid. You know, he's got like the tiniest bit of stubble on there and he's just, he's like almost almost a little squat almost. Let me propose something to you. Go to page 21. Okay. Which uh, you're on your, you're on your tablet. Tell us the number. I was on it. I was on it. So you see the first panel where he says Damien, I, and then the, the, I mean, the first panel with Batman in it. That's Mm -hmm. not even true. Wow. I'm not even on the drugs. The third panel overall and the sixth panel where Batman and Catwoman's faces are very close to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at that lower face. Whose lower face is that? Uh, I don't know. That is George Clooney's lower face. Look at that mouth and chin. Yep, I see it. Yep. Huh. Well, it's about time he got his due. That yes, me, it is. That made me even Oh, happier. my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, no wonder I liked it. No wonder I'm bringing that up. Yeah. I've been watching ER reruns because there's this random channel I've never heard of called Pop that has the apparently has the ER syndicated rights. And every time I see it's on, I flip it over. So I've, I've got a lot of Clooney in my life lately. And uh, that's, that, my that head is a George Clooney lower face. Tell you something. That's not bad. No, really hey, well, here's here's I mean, here's the real thing about this. I'm um, sorry. This is not the end of the arc. There's one more issue. Well, here's the whole thing about this arc. Another issue. I don't know what's going on. I don't like this story. (laughs) I don't like the plot. I don't. I like. I don't like the story. But this was great. If 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 you can, I mean, like, I I hope that's not equivocating. It's not. That's so awesome. That's that's so you. Let's let's do it. If you pitch me the story, I'm like, I don't want to read that. That sounds terrible. But I'm like, that's really good. I can't. You know, I can't deny that. And and that's really all that matters. Right. <laughs> so me. I like that. You don't. You can't like this story. N- well, you, you I can't I, like them getting married. This can't. Well, because they're not they going. Hold. They're not going to get married. I know. That's the other thing. Like, it, so it doesn't matter. But it's so good it's that it doesn't journey. matter. I like that. By the end of it, Talia likes, or at least respects, Selena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. I don't necessarily buy that Selena would hold her own against Talia with a sword she's never used before. Tali's the daughter of the demon and the supreme badass. I don't know that she would, but that's fine. But mostly, I just don't. If I had a list of people that I would want Bruce to marry, Catwoman would be like fourth on the list. Mm-hmm. So that's just my own thing. Zatanna. Zatanna. Is she number one? Zatanna's right now number one. I'm just really digging that matchup. Because I grew up reading Bronze Age comics, Talia's my number two. She was always okay. That makes. She was always the love interest when I was a kid because they were really into Ra's al Ghul in that in that time. And that, yeah, and that also makes a little more sense from a a uh, like a weird max match standpoint, right? And there's that sort of, but it's it's also like that raw forbidden love thing. Like there's there's not a lot of character development to be done in there, like the kind that they're doing with Catwoman. And then number three is the wild card uh, is Wonder Woman, but that's just from the cartoon. (laughs) I just no, that's terrible. So good, so good in the cartoon. It's fun. Anyway, it's, I, you're right. It's a very weird story. Like, why is he taking Catwoman on this quest on the desert to meet to see his ex? And why is it, this happening? It doesn't it, really matter because it's super fun. Well, it, what it, what it's allowed for is some of the best interpersonal 
uh, a psychological uh, exploration of the Bat family in some time. Right. And that's why. And it's it's like it's it's reminding me of that Chuck Dixon era where the the Bat family was so tied together, but without without like what Scott Snyder is doing which is to just completely imperil them over and over again, which forces us to show you how much they care about each other. Right. This is forced. Like, I mean, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to criticize another comic book later for doing something like this, but Dick and Damien sitting on those steps, not doing a goddamn thing <laughs> was great. It was like, it was the first time in a long time that I was like, Oh, you know what? This is a pretty good Damien. If you've got to have it, it was pretty good. I mean, cause I just dropped something. The, uh, the one person he can't he can't feel superior to and has no psychological sway over is Dick Grayson. Yeah. And, and that so, and also like like that I am Robin thing and he just kept harping on him over that's a great joke. But also it shows something that that's the conversation that they're having and you're and you're right. And it goes back to my I still think my favorite thing Scott Snyder ever did was the run where Dick was Batman and Damien was Robin. Well that was Grant Morrison. No, no. The first Detective Comics run before he switched. Oh right, right, right. That was didn't really have Damien in it though. Yeah, no. Wasn't Damien the Batman and Robin team up was uh, Batman. It it was. It it doesn't matter. That was. You're right. Scott Snyder's run and Detective original run was Dick Grayson Batman. Right, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we know why they're there to rescue Holly, but like the what you know, why take the why take Catwoman? He doesn't need to Catwoman to rescue Holly, but. He's got it, and why is he dressed like he's from Batman vs Superman? Which is doesn't matter. I don't care about that. He looks rad. He does. Look, I did. I didn't care. That was that's cool why. Because he it was looks cool in the rad. Movie. Yeah. yeah. So next issue is it says Superman. Tom King put on Instagram Joel Jones drawing of Batman and Wonder Woman together. So uh, I guess this article will go the full six. I don't know why I said this was the final issue. I guess because it wrapped up the Talia part. But I think it's because we're bad at knowing when the end of things are. Can I have some of your painkillers? No. Is that That's a federal offense. Okay. Yeah, quite. Also, you're in a different state, so then I'm looking at anyway. <laughs> Interstate trafficking. We've, we've, uh, what, listen to me federal. talking like I know. I watched The Wire. I don't. That's all I know. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch? Did you read the Batman Who Laughs number one? No. Okay. No, I did not. Because the image alone bothers me. All right. Well, this issue was another metal tie-in. We talked about. The I'm lot. out of metal. I just decided. Not I to get read it, it, but this was drawn by Riley Rosmo. I like Riley Rosmo. And written by James Tinian, number four. And uh, <laughs> we should always refer to them like they're comic books. We, that was an old, yeah, never mind. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> I like a diversion that was so bad that you're like, no, I have to draw a line. We, uh, we talked last week about whatever issue that was. And, and there's a lot of discussion on the website about how you have to just kind of look at these, these as Elseworlds because they are taking place on alternate Earths. And that's one of the things that helped me with this issue, although it's a pretty rough issue in which on Earth 22, which looks a lot like our regular Earth, Batman and Joker are having a fight and he, and Batman ends up having to kill the Joker and by doing so he releases like the ultimate Joker toxin which was like embedded in the Joker and only going to be set to be released if he ever died. And so it infects Batman. Mm-hmm. And it, what happens is Batman then becomes the Joker, which is not that dissimilar from other Batman stories we've seen before. But, but here we see the fallout of that as he kills the whole Justice League. He kills the Bat family. It, it was really well drawn. I mean, it was really well drawn. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's a tough 
issue. It's tough to watch. There's a bit of a cliffhanger. I'm not sure. And it'll, I guess we'll, we'll continue into the regular series. But, um, I mean, as an artistic tour de force, it's really it's really something. Nothing you've said makes me want to read it. No, I know that. And and, and I know that it's really well drawn. And I, I, I feel like we're starting to see Riley Rosmo get more work. And I, I think that he's a guy that in uh, – he's been around a while. Well, but yeah. I think he's a guy that in a few years, I mean, he, he's – He's really good, and also I think he's a little bit insane, and those things are going to meld together. He did, um, what was that book we liked him on, an image like 10 proof. years ago? Proof. proof. He did Proof Monthly. I don't see why he's not on a monthly DC book. Oh, I, I, don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's him. I think that they don't know, I think they don't know what to do. But also, there's no monthly, uh, who knows? He did uh, Hellblazer for a little while, which was really good on that. He should be on a DC book. He should do an arc of Tom King's Batman, but... I didn't yeah. even tell you the worst part was when he, he uses black kryptonite to get Superman to kill his family. That was fun, too. Now I just don't think it should exist. <laughs> but it looks great. And we talk, You talked at the top of the show about great art this week. And uh, huh. this was another book that had really terrific art in it. I was, I was digging it as an Elseworldsy story. And then everybody started getting gruesomely murdered. And I was like, hmm, all right. That's fine. For the cover, like that, that's, that just the image of the... The thing around yeah, his eyes. Yeah, that's not really in it that much. I mean, that's who he I becomes, know. and I guess that's the guy we see in the in the regular metal story. But this is more about his origin, where he's just mostly the regular Batman and progressively eviler costumes. Well, he so, does draw really well. Yeah, are you looking at it? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's really yeah, good. But I hate it otherwise, yeah, and I, I would, hate I hate that lettering, the red over black. I yeah. I can't read it. it I would one hundred percent read it. Rather us drawn Justice League book. Want to hear uh, something crazy? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to say? <laughs> I read The Mighty Thor number 701. You fucking well should have. I was forced to. How so? I haven't been able to force you to read it for three years. I live with a fan of the book. Okay. And she forced me to. Did she say James Heron and Dave Stewart are doing no, this book? she just said, stupid? you have to read this. Otherwise, I mean, there's all kinds of things I didn't want to happen. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess she has leverage that I don't. <laughs> she can smother me in my sleep. And so, not that I'm saying she said those words specifically. I'm just saying I was forced to read it. I know how marriage works. And uh, so there you go. I read I read it. I read 701. James Herod and Dave Stewart, by the way. Yeah. It looked like a... I mean, so this guy... What's his name? Mangog? Mangog. It's funny. Yeah, Kirby. Kirby monster. Super Kirby. I mean, even no, I mean, he is a Kirby monster, but yeah, no, the way he's drawn, like, the way the way Heron. Yeah, no, it's him. like core Kirby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the War Thor. I, I mean, it's just a big Norse battle that was so perfectly drawn. I think this might have been the pick of the week for me. Really, it's a real good chance just based on that. Like, I don't understand why James Heron isn't a superstar. That, and I've been saying this for years. And so when I flipped it, I saw guest artist James Heron. I went, "All right, like." The art's been great on this, but you know, if he should be a superstar, he's so good, and he's so good at this kind of thing, like drawing a monster walking around. I really like the War Thor, like I just like as an image. And if you're going to have different Thors and do this thing, um, I don't like that at the end it appears that he's dead. Yeah, um, I didn't like that either. I, I mean, it was Volstag, and uh... yeah, Volstag, and I don't like that Balder is now you know the king of hell. But again, it's just like we were talking about with Batman. I don't, I don't necessarily like this stuff, but it's really good, and it's so well drawn that you've got another fight sequence in here, another, you know, ten panel page, right? That is just crackling with kinetic energy, and uh, 
you know, like an old, like a great classic Kirby, you know, Asgardian villain. Oh, it was beautiful. I think that might have been all I had to say about it. It's good. It's I mean, I, I I really liked the art a lot. I mean, obviously, jumping on to this issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not an idiot. I was able to follow what was going on. But, you know, I don't. The full weight of what's happening is probably lost on me a little bit. But uh... Well, it's pretty epic. I mean, this whole thing has been going on. This started at the very beginning of his arc, and it's been one big thing, you know, spanning the several Thors. You know, in the end, there will be only one, and we know who it will be. Uh, but, you know, they, they, he really is, Jason Aaron really is in the process of, we thought that he'd already done it, but he's really destroying everything. <laughs> you know, to build, no, but I just mean, like, it really is one of those, like, kill your babies. Right. And he's, he's, he's not going easy on anyone. He's not right. going easy on any beloved characters. Like, you've got... You've got Volstag. Who doesn't love Volstag? He's Other jolly. Whoever, he loves some food and some fighting. I'll tell you who doesn't love Volstag. Whoever decided to cast him in the friggin' movies <laughs> with the completely wrong person and then have no idea what to do with him. Who's the it guy was, from he, Rome? Polo. I know who it is. I love him. He's great, but he's not Volstag. It was a stupid choice. <laughs> you should have had some big, jolly, funny, fat person. And it would have been funnier when he fought and did stuff. It and it like it he doesn't fit in the movie and then they just kill him in a moment off screen in the last spoiler, one. whatever. <laughs> Drugs. I'm gonna cut you off now. Are you done talking about Thor? I really liked it. All right. I was really happy. About it. So let's take a real quick break to thank Mac Weldon for sponsoring the show and. Josh, I'm going to take this opportunity, since you are on drugs, to question you as if you are a witness on the stand. I was told there would be grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so, Josh, true or false, Mack Weldon is better than what you're wearing right now? True. True or false, Mack Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design for premium fabrics? True. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. True, true. or false? You can ask me why I killed myself. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you'll ever wear. True or false? True. They have silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. True or false? True. I, I, I love antimicrobial fabric. I'm big into it. They want you to be comfortable so you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. And if they will still refund you even if you don't like it. And you can still keep it. <laughs> true or false? That is true, but I, I'm not sending it back. I know that much. Not only does Mac Wilson's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, but they perform well. I'm not sure what they perform. Maybe music, but true or false? True. Are you wearing I Mac have Hol- performed music in their in their items. Are you wearing Mac Holden right now? True or false? I'm not. You can't answer a question like that. True or false? I blew it. Well, you said, "Are you?" We- yeah, yeah, it's not my fault. You're wearing Mac Holden right now. True or false? False. And I'm I- I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm worse off because of it. And the, the reason for that is it's at the top of the um it's at the top of the laundry uh, rotation. I see. And and I've used it up, and so now I have to do laundry and wait for it to come around. But as I have a bum arm, I can't do my laundry. I am wearing Mike Weldon right now. Okay. It's awesome. I believe it's, I believe it's from the silver line. Oh, the silver's oh, it's, oh, it's so good. Which is good because I put it on after going to the gym. So. Yep. Yep. I hear you. I mean, I did shower, but you never know. So go to MacWeldon.com, Get 20% off using promo code IFANBOY. Great shirts. Great underwear. Socks. Undershirts. Hoodies. Sweatpants. They got it all. MacWeldon.com, Promo code IFANBOY. 20% off. Green Lanterns 35, Tim Seeley, Carlo Barbieri. Why did I want to talk about this one? Oh, you no. tell me. Oh, no. Something happened in this issue. What happened? There were definitely more. There were, oh, oh, I know. I, this was super fun. So our two new Lanterns, who are no longer rookies, 
are fighting Dolphunga the Unrelenting. And mm. Tim Seeley gets to have a lot of fun with a very pompous talking alien uh, who's come to Earth to fight the Green Lanterns. Except that it's there's a twist in the middle where it's revealed all the pompous talking is cover because of the fact that he's really bad at fighting. And he's really bad at being a pirate type of alien. And then we meet his dad. And we realize he's got a lot of pressure because his dad's really a dick. It was just like, <laughs> it just kept spiraling. Where it kept pulling these layers back. And, uh, and then we find out he's actually the one being hunted because he was in Green Lantern prison and he turned snitch to get out. And so now people are after him. It's, it's just they really subverted it because in the beginning, you're like, oh, it's just kind of big talk in Bruiser. They're going to beat him up. And, but it got really funny. And then it got funnier. But and his dad, is the dick, is like super tiny. But his name is Boff the Unkillable. Mm. It was very funny. <laughs> Tim Seeley's having a lot of fun writing this book. Uh, that's that's what I good. To talk about. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I am. I'm also enjoying... Guardians of the Galaxy n- number 147. New numbering. Old numbering. Are you reading this? Nope. This was all new Guardians of the Galaxy, just continuing. This is, um, I started to read them and I kind of just fell off a little bit, but like, uh, who's the artist? It's a good artist on this. It's Marcus Two. It was Aaron Cooter. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Cooter was the one. But Marcus Two, he's a solid artist. I think you should read this because, I don't know for sure, but it seems to be right in the wheelhouse of the old cosmic fans because now they this this issue this arc has been teaming up with nova mm-hmm. and nova and star lord reunite for the first time since nova was thought dead in this issue so there's a lot of uh emotion star lord punches nova i like nova but i like nova when he's in a book i don't like a nova book well this is just him guest starring yeah. in, in yeah, yeah, I get, and yep. the other the other odd thing which i don't know if i like but i'm kind of warming up to is that somehow scott lang has joined the team <laughs> i'm okay with that and there's, so, a pre- there's a pregnant Nova lady. Yes. They're investigating. It's kind of very similar to the S.H.I.E.L.D. situation. They're investigating a rogue element within the Nova Corps who are, like, corrupt. And so, Here, I just, I just flipped through the whole thing. I tell you this. Those last two pages are great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are great. That's wonderful composition and lettering. Yeah. So, it's... I, I mean, I've been enjoying this book the whole way through, but uh, it's, it's fun. These are fun characters. Uh, I've always liked... I don't say I've always liked. I've been liking them so the whole time I've been reading it. I'll just say that. So uh, remember last week when I talked about Action Comics and yeah. I said at first uh, I hated it, but then they won me over on the last page. Yeah, yeah, that happened again. Really? Sort of. In that, like, I started it and I went, "Oh, I hate this story." What did you start? Superman thirty-five. Superman thirty-five, right? And it, what it is that I don't care about uh, is the Superman Lex thing. Yes, I don't care. Like. I don't care about that at all. But then when we got sort of to the end and, you know, like John finds the, the hell, what are they, hellhounds or something? Yeah. The dogs, whatever, the dog, the apocalypse dogs. And, and they all come together. Like once Calabac showed up and then we were fighting him with the Furies. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. This was kind of fun. Like, I don't like, like whatever the thing is, I don't like whatever the Luther is Superman thing is. I, hate I, it. I don't. I mean, we it, get it. We talked about it. It's Luther yeah. at his most core. He wishes he was Superman. I get it, but he shouldn't be Superman when Superman is back around. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I feel like they don't have anything left to say. Yeah. I, it, like it just feels pointless. And certainly, so then when you put it in this apocalypse con- context, he doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Uh, other than I did think. Thought it was intelligent. Basically, there's a point that they make that Luther is trying to be the guy who is their savior from the prophecy, but then he realizes that oh, it's Superman who's the person from the prophecy, you know, and that that rankles him. I thought that was intelligent. I kind of don't care, but I was like, oh, that's smart. 
you know, but but John showing up with all the doggies and going up and he's got to like save his mom and dad. I thought was was kind of cool. And like, there's a little moment where where Lois punches Calabac, uh mm-hmm. very ineffectively, and I thought that was funny. Uh, this this basically there's too much. There's a there's a core of something here that's good, but there's too much going on. Yeah, I don't I don't like this arc, but I, I get it. Yeah, I don't. I'm like trying. I'm I'm trying to find. I was trying to find what I could like out of it because I like Apocalypse, but I don't think it was the time for this. Mech Cadet U number four from Boom Studios, Greg Pak, Takeshi Miyazawa. I think this is the end of the arc. It's hard to tell. Uh, and, was, and we're not good at that, as we've. As well, this we've this <laughs> this was originally meant to be a mini, but the popularity of it they expanded it to a series. The first trade comes out in January, so maybe there's one more issue, but. It kind of feels like a natural end to the arc where the the mech cadets survive their first battle with the alien invaders. And it was super fun. Takeshi Miyazawa, again, this week, terrific art. But the main character, Yu, is super fun. He was, if you recall, he was the janitor's son who was picked by one of the uh, robots to pilot him despite the high class uh, people who are trained as the pilots. And the thing is, he's also an engineer, so... He saves, ends up saving the day by using his engineer skills, not his mech skills, by, by uh, bungeeing out of his mech to save a mech that was in trouble using his engineer skills. It was a really, really fun issue. This is a great all-ages book. You could see this as a really fun, like, animated film, sort of Iron Giant-y, but also sort of Pacific Rim-y. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. This is really fun. This is, a, this is a nice little delightful surprise on this year. I need to get on it because I missed it the first week I was out, so... It's a fun, it's a really fun all-ages big robot adventure story. I, I Here's the thing. I really like Greg Pak a lot. I don't necessarily love all the work that he does, but I kind of want to buy everything just because I like that dude and I like what he's, you know, like his, his uh, aesthetic. And the art is really terrific. Yeah. It, this, is, this is really good. So yeah, Volume 1, if, if you're interested in this, Volume 1 comes out in January according to the ad in the back. So, um, you know, this, it's, it's too bad it's not for the holidays. It'd be a, it'd be a fun book to give like a you know like an eight year old boy or or a girl because the, right. two of the mech pilots are male, really? two are female. Yeah, really. Yeah, hmm. I'll keep that in mind. If your eight year old likes, I mean, I don't know. It could be ten. I don't know kids' ages. Yeah, you, you be the judge. You read it. You be the well, judge. Well, my my seven year old is atypical, so it's hard for me to understand. I'm gonna have to wait until my three year old is older, and then I can be like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. He'll be playing football by that point. Uh, no, it won't be that. It'll be like like professional parkour or something. <laughs> like something self-destructive. It's not going to be a team sport. I can tell you that right away. He was so mad that he had to pass the soccer ball. <laughs> can I just take this all by myself? And I was like, I know you're good at it, but you're being an asshole. That's all right. At that age, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I can tell you three is too young to put somebody in soccer. I can tell you that too. <laughs> Should we just talk about your kids for the rest of the show? Yeah, we're going to add a new corner. Oh, great. Dad Corner. <laughs> That's the whole show now. Wonder Woman Conan, you're reading this. Interesting. Yeah. I I read the first one. I remember I kind of liked it. And then this is the third one. I thought, wait, am I reading? So I thought I'd download it anyway and take a look through it. And this is totally going to be a complainy rant, and this shouldn't have been mm-hmm. our last thing. I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm flipping through it, seeing if I want to if I want to read it. And it the whole thing, download it. Like, take a okay. look at it right now. All right, while you're talking. There is a sequence which is awesome here. Uh, Aaron Lepresti drew, Gail Simone wrote, there's a sequence where um, Conan and Wonder Woman are trapped on a raft uh, and they fight off, it looks like, three gigantic sharks uh, while they are chained together at the wrist. Mm-hmm. Right? That's great. That's what you yeah, want out of this. Totally, yeah. Yeah. And then there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pages of people 
of mostly just the two of them sitting on a raft and talking. Oh. And then more of them talking to other people, headshot, medium shot. Like, you, you got, you, you, it's a Conan Wonder Woman book. It should be wall to wall, nonstop action. It absolutely, then at the end, they come back, more of them just talking. And, and I really just thought that is, like, I, I, I Gail Simone's better than that. And like, the dialogue might have been great or whatever, but as I was looking through it, I just, I just thought, what do you, what do you, it's a Conan book. Right. Conan, like, we do not want to get to know Conan through his words. <laughs> no, in fact, we probably prefer not to. No, it's I don't much, like him. No, I, I just thought that I was like, that's just a strategic mistake. It's beautifully drawn. Well, and, you're right. And, There's and, a lot of sitting and talking on a raft. Come on, like, and and when I when I downloaded it to, I was going to give it the shot. You know, like that's what I had in mind was I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. You got to like the, the taking out the shark with the chain. That was cool. I, that might be worth a few extra pages. I got you know that's those are that's some good looking shark fighting. Yeah, but, this, yeah. I mean, this is a book that should just be nutty. Uh huh. Exactly. And I was all signed up for it if that's what it was going to be. Especially after they get together, and that's what makes it work for me. Is there any action after that? I don't, I don't think nope. there is. Nope. Wow. Well, they fight. No, they fight some. some yeah, bird it's almost flashbacky. Bird, some bird head creatures with swords. Yeah, yeah they still chain together. It's yeah, the art's good though, but it's just that. It's great. It's a missed opportunity. So, those are the books we're going to talk about this week. If you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, anyone who joins at any level can vote on a book to add to the show this week. And this week, the winner, and it was a nail-biter, it literally came down to the last, I think, 30 minutes of voting time, was Doctor Strange, number 381, written by Donnie Cates, art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Yeah! Colors by Jordi Belair. And... I'm going to start off by cursing you, the patrons, because I didn't need another book to read, but I really liked this. I am going to equivocate. It was really good. Yeah. I don't want another version of a character. That's true. Well, I, okay, I, so the, the story here is that Loki is now the Sorcerer Supreme. And I don't know, again, because we're just reading this issue, I don't know if this is something that's already, this happened before, this is the first no, time we're seeing new. it. No, I've been reading this. This is new. Oh, oh you're, you've been reading the issue? Yeah. Oh, the I've series. Been the, I've been, yeah, oh, absolutely. Because so uh, Hopeless was on it last. I love Hopeless. So this is the first time we've seen, we don't know how he became the Sorcerer Supreme? Uh, it might have happened in something else, but I don't think it happened in the core book. And now Doctor Unless Strange is a vet? No. I love that. <laughs> if that's what the story was, you took Loki out of this completely. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm hundred percent down with that. He talks to the animals. I don't even. I don't. This cannot be an adventure book. This can just be Adventures of Stephen Strange, uh, Strange v, VMI or whatever he, the, that is. He kind of has hunched shoulders. He's got a beard and close cropped hair. He's just kind of like I'm a vet now. I like. I mean, obviously, it looked terrific. Yes. Gabriel Hernandez Walta was the artist on The Vision uh, Tom, that Tom <laughs> King wrote. I was so happy to see his art again. And it, this, was, this was just like pouring over page after page of, of terrific comic book goodness. But I did, I mean, I totally get your point. I totally get it. And then, but like, mm -hmm. I really liked it. So yeah, no, I, I did too. But at the same time, like, I feel like we are just getting going with some real stuff here and then and then it's the switcheroo again and and it, it will be fine if this was on its own but it's so many other books that that is happening in and i i know it it's, i mean it's the, it's it's the captain america thing it's yeah, it's I, th I think this isn't it's just issue of bad timing 
yes, it, it was not time to tell the story. It's not that it's a bad story, but uh, you know, let and then and then Lady Thor shows up, and Lady Thor, I I, I call her, I don't mean to, but I just need to be clear in a, in an audio context. She isn't like Loki doesn't really have very much to do with her. So for her to be there acting like she's Thor yeah. Odinson uh, doesn't make sense. Right. So that was a little bit of this, a problem. You know what it feels very much like Doom as Iron Man. Exactly. Even the motivations that Loki yep. says here, like I just want to help. I really liked again, like I, I really like there's this there's a scene where he goes to the the magic bar that Jason Aaron brought in yeah. and he talks to everybody, he's trying to be helpful to them and somebody says something that makes him mad and so he he has a temper tantrum and, and disappears the bar. Right. And then uh he gets on the phone and he and he and he, and he starts texting Zelda, which kind of annoyed me. Because he's Loki, but also maybe Loki would use an iPhone. Whatever, I, I liked. I liked that he's like, I screwed up. Because who among us has not tried to do the right thing, got right. frustrated, said the wrong thing, and then afterwards immediately went, "Well, that that was a bad thing." Right. Um, and I I liked that a lot. And I like that you can't put your finger on Loki. You you don't, and you never can. Right. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's the one character I don't get tired of with him with that because that's what he's supposed to be. So I liked all those things. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I totally get it. I totally get what you're saying. Mm, I liked it, though. Uh, their execution let, was real let good. Let this be another series, almost. Yeah, yeah. And then just show me the adventures of Doctor Strange's veterinary practice. It just seems like the edict at Marvel has been none of the regular heroes are themselves. And I, you know, it's just annoying. But. Mm. So ratings out of five, I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I think four sounds right. Sticking with it. I'm actually going to read the next issue. How about that, patrons? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there you go. You, you I mean, won. I was already reading it. You succeeded. Yeah, you didn't make anybody mad. So there you go. There's the patron pick. Patreon.com slash iFanboys where you can make that vote. Every week we had a spike this week. We had a higher than normal participation rate, which was super fun. Oh, that's awesome. A lot more books got chosen. And a lot, it was a really close race, as we said. So that was fun. Every week at Patreon.com slash iFanboy. And also there, if you give it the proper level, I think it's a $5 level, every week we give pa- patrons superpowers who give it that level. It's often, well, we don't like to say dumb, but sometimes they're dumb. We just let, let you know. Uh, so we'll start off with thanking Dave Cicerelli. And Dave Cicerelli can see perfectly in any lighting condition. Can I ask you a question yes. before we move on to this? Yes. Have you... Has the weather been rainy where you are? This morning, yes. Yeah. Okay. Have you have you tried to drive at night in the rain lately? Uh, at night in the rain, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, because I find that at uh, forty year old eyes, uh, at night uh-oh. in the rain. Uh oh. What uh oh? You're going blind. No. Although I did like I asked my I went to get my eyes checked and I asked the eye doctor I was like. So when I'm driving at night, he goes, yeah, it's just you're getting old. I was like, damn it. Everything's falling apart, Josh. It's all going south in a hurry. Yeah. They don't tell you this when you start. There's no manual. Anyway, go along with Dave's power. Dave will never have that problem because in in a nighttime lighting condition, even low light, he sees perfectly. (laughs) He sees as if there's – I don't want to get too deep. He sees perfectly. Whatever that means to you, that's what it means. Dave Cicerelli. Thank you. I like it when they get philosophical. Chris Heithoff, or Heithoff, I'm going with Heithoff. I like that better. Has the power to add or subtract elasticity from anything. So if he needs to make something hmm. stretch, he's like Captain Mr. Fantastic, but not his body. It's, it's the things he touches. So like I'm holding this pen in my hand right now, and I could make this super Wobbly. elastic-y. Mm-hmm. So say that you have a, a piece of clothing 
Uh, you can make it elastic and then and then remove that depending on how much you need. So say that you needed to make your jeans stretchy for a minute to get them on more easily and then revert them back to standard denim. denim. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. you could really go for the thick selvage denim. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. All right. That's cool. And, and you can do that with other things. Like, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even think of this. But the other day, I did a project with my guitar, um, which is a semi-hollow body guitar, and it has no access. So I had to do everything through the F-hole, the little hole in the front. And it was a pain in my goddamn ass. I could just stretch it open without hurt, harming it and then put it back to rigid after that. It'd be good to go. This huh. is a useful power. That is a good You're power. You're welcome, Chris Heithoff. So before we get to the next uh, power, I want to thank... Chris Lewis, who we mentioned before, made this. Made, he's been making the Patreon Power spreadsheet, updating it every week. I want to thank him because I just thought of one, and then I thought, that sounds familiar, and I went to the spreadsheet, and I searched, and it's, I, I did it already. So he, okay. sa- he saved me from embarrassment, is what I'm saying. But he also took away what you were going to say, <laughs> and now true. you're on the spot. No, I'm on the spot. Dustin Hammond. Dustin Hammond. This is going to be similar. No, okay, I got one. Dustin Hammond. Do you remember a couple of years ago? You probably don't remember this. This is only something I would remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Oscars, in order to show the screenwriting, they would show on the screen the script mm-hmm. happening next to, like, live with the scene. Mm-hmm. That's how Dustin yep. Hammond sees the world. Oh, wow. He, when he wakes up and opens his eyes, he sees interior, Dustin's bedroom, morning, Dustin opens his eyes. And then he, mm. when he talks, appears on the, appears in front, he sees everything as a written screenplay. Now, let me ask you, a, I guess, a technical, mechanical question here. Yes. When you're writing screenplay, it's generally frowned upon to, to, to put too much detail in the stage direction between yes. the dialogue. Uh, does he's, he have an overwritten he, he script? He sees a David Mamet-esque screenplay. Huh. It's all cut to the bone. Not too much description. No editorializing about characters. It's all just what – it's all facts. All the facts. I tell you, that, that, that uh, speaks to the uh, idea of fate versus uh, randomness in life. Because if he doesn't have all those details, he, right. he's, he's got to live life as it is. As opposed to like a Shane Black script, which had a lot of editorializing right. in it. Right, um, which you don't want to do, apparently. Well, it worked for him, but uh, uh-huh. Dustin sees the world as a David Mamet script. Doesn't mean that it's, people talk like David Mamet, he just sees it written mm-hmm. as one. There you go. All right. Eddie Colaton has the ability to know exactly how to dress for impending weather conditions. So he doesn't have to check the weather? It's not only that, but you, you, you look in the morning and you go, well, let's see, it's starting off at 30. By the end of the day, it's going to be 60. What am I going to do that is going to make this day work perfectly? Or what, for example, would I dress my children in mm-hmm. uh, to make that work perfectly? And he knows exactly what it is. Oh, you want to wear the merino shirt with a sneaker, but you, you don't want to wear the boots because it's going to be too hot. I see. He knows exactly what to do. And if you don't think that that's a superpower, then you just don't live in the Northeast at this time of year. <laughs> Here in the Southern California region, it is yeah, actually like, yeah. It's sixty in the morning and seventy-five at lunch, so it's a it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Fifteen degree that's, swing is uh, that's sweater weather. Yeah, sweater weather. Out there. Yeah. So thank you, the patrons at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy, who give it a five dollar level, and we are working our way through year two of the patron powers. And again, thanks to Chris Lewis for updating the spreadsheet every week. Right. So you can go to patreoncom fanboy. Our next stretch goal is a uh, non a regular monthly non-comics media podcast where we'll be talking about something that isn't comics, probably much in the way that we do in our hangouts. And then of course you can go to the t-shirt store, 
which is ifanboy.threadless.com. About that, free shipping until December 15th. you got to order a minimum of $45 or $80 international, unfortunately, for those of you who live far away. But uh, a couple of t-shirts are good to go, and uh, I need to do that. Because I want, I want, to, I, st- I still don't have the rating shirt. There's five designs in there right now. It's the classic iFanboy and the Herm shirt. I think Herm is somehow associated with something some character I don't know what says. You're talking about. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah. We don't, we definitely don't know. It's a, it's a good shirt. There are three new shirts the Pick of the Week podcast shirt, the Ratings podcast, and the brand new If One is Electro, which is, which is a wonderful shirt. And it has just the right of elasticity, right <laughs> amount of elasticity. So Chris Isoff doesn't have to adjust it. It's perfect. Perfect. Perfect go for the tri-blend there are more coming soon we, we know what they are they're in the process of being designed and as we've learned in the past always takes longer than we think it's gonna you can also go to ifanboard.com slash support you can find the direct donation via paypal there if you don't want to be part of patreon and of course as always as we get to the end of the this financial year there must be someone out there saying i just have all this money and i don't know two guys to give it to well let me tell you sir or madam I don't mean to generalize based on gender. I will take your money regardless. <laughs> you, should, you should give it to us. That got ugly for a second. It did. <laughs> Let's do at least one audience question. Tom B. from Springfield says, what happens if Comixology goes bankrupt? Is everyone who subscribed digitally screwed? I've been thinking about this, this question since I first heard about Comixology. It seems like it's a non-issue. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, Tom, but Comixology was bought by Amazon. Right. And Amazon is the corporate version of that person we were just talking about who has more money than they literally know what to do with. Yeah. But as a thought experiment, if they decided to divest themselves of Comixology and then Comixology went bankrupt, yes, you would be screwed. You would be because what would happen is – I'll tell you exactly what would happen. We would go back to the Wild West days of a few years ago five or six years ago, and the companies would probably all try to come up with their own solution. No, 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 no. What I mean, I think what Tom means is that the books you've already oh. downloaded in Comixology, theoretically they're on your device, but if Comixology stops hosting and maintaining its app, uh, I think eventually you'd be screwed. Yeah, but, I mean, as a thought experiment, that's true. And that's now, I don't keep comics on my iPad, otherwise it would be completely full. So I delete them if I need to right. go back and download them from the cloud or whatever. I, I'm a pretty high probability that I'm going to be fine there. I think that even if Comixology got rid of Amazon would support that as a thing. That's realistically thinking. No, no, but I think, I, I, we are, we're, I think the literal question is if a digital comics platform goes away, do the books you downloaded, are they going to go away too? That's really what no. Tom's asking. Well, what will ha- here's what will happen. No, but eventually the OSs will be advanced to the point where the old apps won't work anymore. That's when you will lose if whatever you have downloaded. It is the trade-off of not having PDFs. I think does Image still do? I don't know if they still do that or not. RM PDFs. I don't know. We both read on Comicsology. I would caution anyone who reads comics digitally like that that to consider it a service in which they're handing you a book. You read it. You hand it back to them. You're not keeping the book. And realistically, in 99% of the cases, all of us have boxes of issues that we don't ever look at or have anything to do with or know what to do with. So it's, you know, if you're that person, you want to buy them anyway. You want to have the issues. So you buy the trade of the thing you love or whatever, and this is just the world we live in now. I consider digital comics like going to the movies. Like, yeah. I go to the movie, I see the movie, I leave the movie theater. Like, now I can, yeah. re- I can re-download the book and go to the movie again, but like, I don't, I'm not coming out of the movie with a disc of the movie. You know, like, I've seen mm-hmm. it, it's, I've experienced that it. it's happened, I'm well, moving on with my day. I think it's more like purchasing a movie on iTunes. Sure. Don't download most of those either at this point. You know, you have access to it. It's possible. 
you know, they could go away. The point is, it's, it's an ephemeral experience you're having and not a permanent physical one. Eventually, there's gonna there's a generation gap where that's not even going to be a question. Right. I think. They won't be reading comics, so. People our age expect that, but people younger are going to be like, uh, They're not going to be reading know. comics, though. No, no. Well, yeah, comics will go away. That's your real problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess we have time for one more. Sure. Let's do Christopher P's first question. I really like it a lot. Christopher P says, I was thinking about Batgirl Barbara Gordon's origin and realized that she might have the most the noblest origin story of all. She wasn't given any powers. No one died. No ancient destiny. No inherited mantle. She's just a woman who wanted to help and was determined to do that no matter what anyone says. Is there anyone else with such a selfless and pure story? I've been thinking about this story for over a year when I started buying Batgirl merchandise for my daughter. It's a really good question. So she has another pathos of, of Bruce Wayne. She, her parents weren't killed. Dick Grayson's parents were killed. You know, she doesn't have that tragic origin story. She literally admired Batman and wanted to help make the world better, and that's why she became Batgirl. Bucky. Yeah, Bucky's very similar. He admired Captain America. Not, I mean, yeah, but it wasn't even that. Like He, was, he snuck his way into the army at right. underage. He, he went to do the right thing. He has no powers. He just went to do the right thing uh, in, in wartime. I guess that, that might be an inciting event, if anything. There's no one more noble, I don't think, than Batgirl. Hawkeye. <laughs> He's carny, folk. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he did have, like, he had a broken home and he, he'd lost, you know, his, you know there's, there is, I mean, basically there is an origin story, but it wasn't necessarily an inciting event. You know, he just went and threw down with the big boys. What's more interesting about it is that he came from a place that, like, at least Barbara Gordon had her dad and she had Batman as sort of like, Oh, this is this is something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye had nothing to aspire to. He saw Iron Man flying around and doing something good, and he said, "I should be doing that." Right. So that that's that's another one. There are more of them out there than you think, but it's it's more rare, I think. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the most noble of the origin yeah. stories. So there you go. There's some few answers. Christopher P. Thank you for writing in. Uh, you can write into contact@ifanboy.com and get your email on the show. And we have a couple of special edition shows in the, in the, uh, in the pipeline because they've already happened in the back there in the back room. We can get them mm-hmm. out for you if you need them. Thor Ragnarok, me and Mike Romo and Josh. You were on that show? Yeah. You were on that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Three of us talked about Thor Ragnarok a couple of weeks ago. You can find that show behind that. Uh, a couple and shows someone, complained about, someone complained about us nitpicking. I was like, we all liked it a lot. It was good. It was great. That's a spoiler. We all liked it a lot. Well, I, I liked it less than you guys did, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And either behind or directly in front, somewhere around this show, there's going to be a Justice League podcast. It may come out right before this show. It may come out right after the show. We're not sure yet. Haven't recorded it yet. Not sure who's on it yet. But somewhere in the halo of this show, there will be Justice League. I know that I'm not going to be on it, and I'm both really bummed out about that and enormously relieved. <laughs> But I'm not allowed to drive. Well, there you go. You should definitely be oh, not driving. Not to go see that. Like, that would be the saddest story ever. Not only was he forced to go see it, would be for, it would be horrible if I was forced to go see it and then crash on the way home. That would be the really <laughs> horrible way to go. Yeah. And then if you listen to the show live Sunday or Monday, well, not live, but when it first comes out, we have our, and your patron, our next patron hangout, our November patron hangout is November 20th at their usual time, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. So you can check that out. Josh and I will be chatting pre-Thanksgiving. It's true. Yeah. And then uh, I just did a, an interview. Uh, I want to say one of my favorites, but that's not true. I really have enjoyed most of the interviews I've done. I just did a talk explode with Phil Hester, um, but it, it's my favorite one that I've done recently, except the one before it. 
uh, where Phil and I talk about uh, comics, and just, Phil's a great guy. He's an awesome guy, and he's he's, he's such a good comic book artist yeah. too, and he's a good comic book writer, and uh, he's got a hell of a story too. So uh, I, I advise everyone to go listen to that one. Um, Booksplode is coming up. We we do uh, Booksplode one month and Talksplode the other month. So this month, November, uh, we'll be talking about Jason Aaron, Cameron Stewart. Is that the right last name? Yeah. Yes. Cameron Stewart's The Other Side, which was um, Jason Aaron's first published work. That should come out right before Thanksgiving. So if you're looking for that, mm-hmm. that'll be out. Uh, that'll be out this week. week. Yeah, there you go. You can head over to iFanboy.com. You can find all of our other podcasts. You can like us on Facebook.com slash iFanboy. And you can follow at iFanboy on Twitter to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You can follow us individually. Uh, I'm Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram. And Connor is CS Patrick on Instagram. And if you like the show, write us a review on iTunes or better yet, tell your friends. And as we said before, Thanksgiving is coming this week. So if you have a need to uh, entertain your family, throw on a Pie Fanboy podcast. <laughs> Uncle Steve will appreciate <laughs> what it. What is this crap? <laughs> who, what, what, who reads this stuff and talks about it? Like, they've been doing it for how long? Hey. Horrible. Yeah, so go uh, help us spread the iFanboy love. And before we will go this week, we wanted to address a couple of things that happened in the last week, some things that have come up in the last week. First, we can confirm that our former co-host, Ron Richards, was indeed hired by Marvel as their VP managing editor of New Media, which is why he had to leave the show a couple weeks ago. He didn't announce the hiring when he left on his final show because at the time, Marvel had not given him the green light to make the hiring public. But now, obviously, the news is out, so we congratulate him and wish him well at Marvel. Second, some allegations were made on social media about Ron. Allegations like this are very serious. We take them very seriously, and we know that Ron does as well. Uh, We are in a moment in time, clearly, in which women are finding the courage to speak up about indignities that they suffer every day. It's an important moment, and it's a long time coming. It's something we fully support. We've been friends, the three of us, since we were 18 years old, and the, the person described in those allegations do not fit with the person we've known and worked with for the past 22 years. It is not the description of a person whose behavior we would have allowed in our lives for two decades. As friends and partners, we've discussed everything that goes on in our lives, and we've discussed these allegations in depth. We've asked point-blank questions, and he's given us what we believe are straight answers, and we believe those answers. Any further comment on these allegations will be entirely up to Ron, as it is his personal issue to deal with. And at this time, there'll be no further public comment from my fanboy about this matter here or anywhere else. My fanboy is about comics and talking about how and why we love them, and that's what Josh and I are going to continue to do every week. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Gold within the rocks, hard and cold.